listens to our sermon audio and usually drops me a note about once a month telling me how much she enjoyed it and appreciate we're doing it. Uh, she uh, texted me this little note. It's entitled Humor. It's you know, above. It's, it's humor. A friend was in front of me coming out of the church one day and the preacher was standing at the door as he always is to shake hands and he grabbed my friend by the hand and pulled him aside. The pastor said, you need to join the army of the Lord. My friend said, I'm already in the army of the Lord, pastor. Pastor questioned, how come I don't see you except on Christmas and Easter? He whispered back. He said, I'm in the secret service. That's the way a lot of our people are. They're in the secret service. They serve the Lord secretly. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's nice, you know, when, when somebody... Uh, gives me something like that. Not so much at at what it is, but the fact that they were thinking about me and praying for me. Our subject this morning is uh, decision of of attendance. I think we decide what we're going to do, but when we're saved, been born again, the Lord Jesus Christ Uh, He's in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us so that we know what we're supposed to do. And in Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, let's look at a few verses in reference. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Beginning in the 19th verse, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, write in your Bibles, underline that word willfully, 
For if we sin willfully that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Our subject is the decision, the decision of attendance. Proposition to discuss the decision of attendance that is ought to be a subservient decision, a sustained decision, and a spiritual decision. Your church attendance ought to be under these three categories, a subservient decision, sustained decision, and a spiritual decision. The objective is to encourage the brethren toward regular, faithful attendance. When we read Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 28 as we did, you will see something about the text. The once for all sacrifice which Christ made, established a new covenant between God and man. We have an agreement. God said, I'm going to save you, James Thomas Vance. And the inward man, without speaking a word, I'm going to serve you, Lord. That's what every saved person's attitude should be. I'm going to serve you, Lord. You say, well, I don't have any particular talents, and I don't do this, and I don't do, do that. Probably one of the greatest things that you could do for this church is to pray for the membership and to pray for the pastor. I'm no more special than anybody else, but I believe I ought to be pretty close to the top of your prayer list because God has chosen to use me to teach you. I told the Sunday school class and uh, uh, what Brother George said. He said, you know, you helped me so much before I got here that you taught him doctrine. See, that's the problem. Baptists now aren't taught doctrine. So therefore, when they turn on the radio and Hear somebody like me, or they show up and hear somebody like me. Boy, he's awful. He just preaches on doctrine all the time. You got to be sure that you are a Baptist, and Baptist is doctrine. What do you believe? Well, I believe I'm saved. The devil's believed and trembled. Believing is not enough. Many a man has told his wife, I love you. 10, 15, 20 years later, the wife is still waiting. Does he know what love is? 
Love is an active verb. And if we love God, we need to be active for Him. Through this covenant, we have purity before God and therefore boldness to approach His throne through the blood of Christ by a new and living way. We also have a great high priest, Jesus, the Christ, who is over the house of God. Now, based upon these two things, which we have, I want to urge us to do three things. I'm encouraging the Emmon Road Baptist Church at 1524 Emmon Pike. Let us draw near. The first person that I talk to in the morning ought to be the Lord. The last person I talk to before I go to bed is the Lord. So we need to pray that God will give us grace to draw near. Second, that we will hold fast. Our churches are full of, I used to be, I used to believe that. I used to be faithful. I used to, I used to. We got so many used to's that we got them on the roll, but sometimes when they show up, we wonder who they are. We haven't seen them. You know, they change their hairstyle and not sure. Question I ask myself, does God know who I am? He said, that's a foolish question. Not to me, it's not. Does God know that, that I'm here waiting for him to direct me to do anything that he believes I can do? I want God to know I'm willing to do it. And then let us consider. Consider for such briefly this moment, where would you be right now if God hadn't saved you? Well, it is not this third consideration a consideration of one another that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. The warning against willful sinning is then raised as we discourage someone. It may not bother you, but it bothers me when I have been informed that the memory is sick, so I have no reason to believe they're sick. Because surely if they were sick, they'd want the pastor praying. But yet, they stay out of church for several weeks. Don't want to discuss what was wrong. Saw, you know, well, you know, it happens to everybody. No, it doesn't. God personally deals with us as individuals according 
to how we respond to that which we know. You, you want me to prove that? You've got a three-year-old. You've got a 16-year-old. They're his children. Both of them act about five. But shouldn't we expect more out of that teenager than we do that three-year-old child that's coming? See, I take you back to when I was a member of Grace Baptist Church over on Penn Avenue. I always visit. I always knocked on doors ever since I've been saved. And this brother said, I want to go visiting with Brother Vance. We knocked on several doors. And this one had us in. And we talked to him. And he said, you know, uh, unless something really happens I don't have no control over, I'm going to be at, at the church Sunday. You know what? He was. And his question was to me, Where is the buddy that was with you when he invited us to church? To my knowledge, he never came back. And I found out later that he had joined another Baptist church that is not a Baptist church because he was a baby. See, when you encourage somebody to do something and you convince them that's God's will, and then you don't even show up for your marching orders. It is out of this third consideration, let us consider, a consideration of one another that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. To clear any thought that you may have negatively, It is my responsibility to be here if I'm here by myself. The warning against willful sinning is then raised as to discourage anyone from decidedly not attending the services of the saints. We take it a given for emergencies. We take it a given. But I worked at IBM for 30 years, and I was proud of my attendance record. And I got paid whether I showed up or not. I was gone to eat 40 hours work whether I... but I had a responsibility to be there unless I was sick or providential hindrance. You and I have a responsibility. So it is out of this background that we present some reasons under the title The Decision of Attendance.
subservient, obedient decisions. We are servants. Every one of us in this building that's saved this morning is a servant of the Lord. And as the prophets of old, when God said, who will go for me? And the prophet said, here am I, Lord, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Almost every single New Testament church writer considered himself a servant. Now, when we look at, at Romans, when we look at the book of Romans, we see that uh, God blessed us. And in Romans chapter 1, notice what uh, Paul said here. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. See, now, verse 1 is the reason that we don't have a, a lot of people following the Lord because their lifestyle would be a hindrance. We've had some men visiting with me in these last years. And when we got back to the church, I called the brother to the side and I said, it'd probably be good that you didn't visit until you learned some things. Because he was telling the people, you know, I'm just telling you now, I don't know whether the preacher believes this or not. That was the first thing. If, if you're representing this church, if you don't agree with me, you shouldn't tell anybody else you don't agree with me. Second, if you disagree with me, you ought to come to me, me and you one-on-one discuss that. Paul said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. You know what we do out on visitation when we knock on doors? We tell that person how to be saved, and they always want to take you around the barn and talk about something they experienced. But a lost person can't understand doctrine until God saves them. They just turns. They just turns. But Paul said, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. But my point here on number one was that Paul said he was a servant. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. If Brother Steve is saved, and I believe he is, he's a servant. What does that mean? Anything that needs to be done, if he can do it, he ought to make himself available. Age will keep him from doing it. 
Sickness will keep him from doing it. Family responsibility. It's a lot of things. But God said, you know, that we need to be willing to serve God in any capacity that we're able to do because he saved us by his blood. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Matter of fact, before God saved me, I didn't even want it. You don't want to be saved until God works on you. You're perfectly happy doing your thing. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that's why ye must be born again. And when you are born again, what happens is that you're now changed and you want to be a servant of the Lord. We need to understand that uh, as Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1, now notice as we see what Peter here says that we are servants of the Lord. We want to be servants of the Lord. We should make ourselves available to be servants of the Lord. But here in Second uh, Second Peter, uh, chapter 1 and verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. My point, there's a whole lot of stuff here in this verse. But Simon Peter, a servant, Now notice, and an apostle. You think God would call him to be an apostle if he wasn't first a servant? I've never had a, I've preached somewhere for almost 50 years. I've never had a deacon. Some people say, God has blessed you. But if I was looking for a deacon, it would be one that's already proved himself. that met the qualifications of a deacon. See, what we need to understand that socializing is great, but to socialize just to catch up with the weekly gossip, you're out of God's will when you do that. Do I need to repeat that? It is a spiritual decision. We desire to seek God first and his kingdom. Notice with me in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, you know, when we uh, look in the word of God and we want to see here in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 
All right. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. God said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Being a servant of God is a spiritual decision. We desire to seek first the kingdom. We desire to seek first God and his kingdom. But Matthew 6, 33 said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Anything that you need to be a good servant, a good teacher, a good pastor, a good whatever you're serving God. But you've got to be willing first. We desire to worship God in the spirit and in truth. See, saved people have the ability to know truth. Now, I don't say this to... You know, for any reason other than God put that verse and put this point in, on my life as I was preparing this. But here in John chapter 4 and verse 24, God said what? He said here, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's labor this verse for a moment. What about all the people in church this morning that are not hearing the truth? Are they worshiping? Well, in their way, that's not an answer. We can only worship God by the way he wants, by the way he has directed And when we look in the scripture and see what God says here in John chapter 4 and verse 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The lady up north that's been a follower of me at least for the last year, year and a half on Facebook, she said, I'm going to this church, and I like the pastor. There's a good spirit, but he don't preach truth. The next question was, she said, Pastor Vance, what should I do? I ask God to add you to a church that does. You won't be satisfied in a church that doesn't preach the truth If you're close to the Lord, you can go and you can get immersed in programs, you can get immersed in everything, but there's nothing that satisfies a born-again Christian but the Word of God. At least one thing you can follow this old preacher. Dora and I agreed, me and her agreed, when we started at Grace Baptist in Georgetown, the Ross had preached things I'd never heard before. And Dora and I sat down at the kitchen table one Sunday morning after we got home, and I decided, I said, 
I'm going to take notes. I'm going to follow him. And until I can prove him wrong from the word of God, we will keep going. I went there until God called me to preach and went to Lawrenceburg and started to work. See, we desire the works of God in spirit and in truth. You don't want to be a part of a church that don't realize that we must have a desire to follow the Spirit of God. And you may say, what do we do to follow the Spirit of God? If the Word don't say it, don't do it. If the Word don't say it, don't follow it. The church... This book, this King James Version, doesn't say that one church is as good as another. He only built one church. Amen. It's a Baptist church. Amen. They use the King James Version of God's Word. And they preach from the Word and they teach from the Word. Amen. We desire to edify the saints when there is a member that we know is struggling, we don't go try to mind their business. We just go to them and say, hey, you know, I love you, sister. I love you, brother. I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. Don't know exactly what your problem is, but I want you to know I'm praying for you. And if you ever feel free to discuss it, it's between me and you. And the Lord. See, we know if we're close to the Lord when one of our brothers and sisters is struggling. And our job is not to try to find out what caused it, but to tell that person how God can relieve it. See, God can take a sad day and make it a happy day. He can. We desire to edify the saints. I want every member of this church to know that I pray for them, that I love them, and I'm a one phone call away. And I can pray for you without knowing details of your problem. God said, man, I love that saying when you say, God said, God said. Notice with me in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, you can... Be sad and sin can give you temporary relief. You know what I'm saying? Sure you do. We desire to sing praises unto the Lord. Sound independent Baptist churches 
Man, I tell you, most of the time you go into one one of them and the singing is probably, uh, you know, almost below pitiful. Amazing grace. When we sing that song, you ought to be able to sing it to the top of your voice. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved the rest like me. Just remember, you once was lost. You didn't find you. God didn't find you. God knew where you were. And God had a predetermined time. He was going to either speak to you or send somebody on his behalf. Amen. No. We desire to render prayers to the Father. All right. Uh, Brother Jim gave me a card with his daughter. She, she says she's in surgery now. Well, I put her on the prayer list. That's did my job. No, I didn't. What have I got to do when I get home this afternoon that is more important than praying for those with an urgent need? And I will tell you, an urgent need can be physical, spiritual, or emotional. And when you don't come to church simply because you want to go fishing or shopping or something else, you've got a spiritual need. And no, I'll never come to you and tell you, you know, I'm going to preach it from the Word of God, and if you're saved, the Spirit of God will convict you. And if you're not saved, all the preaching in the world won't convict you. We desire to give to further the work of God's kingdom. It's a privilege to give. I'm not talking about taking away from yourself. I'm I'm telling you, there is a need to help those who by no means of their self needs help. God blessed me. Me and my wife was married for 55 years. Not one time in that 55 years did I have to ask the church for help. Didn't have to ask the family for help. I was blessed. I was blessed. But sometimes God blesses you with knowledge. God blesses you with material possession. God bless your personality. Whatever it is that that person needs, God gave it to you and you are bound and determined if you're in his will to share it with somebody else. Now, as we close, the conclusion is we need to read two things. Church attendance is important. Second, there is no excuse Sunday. 
Doesn't mean if you stay at home simply because you're too honored to get up and get dressed and come to church, that is an excuse, and God will not bless that. Anybody knows we don't want anybody to come to church sick. You've got a favor you shouldn't even think about coming. God usually give us what we want if it's scriptural. It is a sin to ignore the needs of the church. It is a sin to be disobedient to God. It is a sin to not seek the kingdom of God first. Now, if you answer yes to any of these questions in your mind, then you have your answer. You know, is it a sin to disregard one of God's commandments? See, there are people that's been members of this church and they've left and you know and when I see them when they call me I answer when they see me out I speak to them but if they owe the church an apology Let me bring it close as I close. There was a family that didn't like my wife. Now, if you don't or didn't like my wife, you got a problem. I mean, I, and you ought to feel that way about your wife, whoever she is. But this person came to me and said, you know, I'd really like to spend some time with, with you, but, you know, I'm not... Uh, I said, it'd be better you not say it. But see, if you don't want to be around my wife, you don't want to be around me. If you come to church and you want to hear the word, but you don't want to be obedient to the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God will teach you the word, you'll never grow. You will never, never grow. I don't leave the pianist come.